Welcome to Build a Life After Loss, where we help women who have lost children to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough. Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Episode 8, Myths About Grief. But can I first just say that I spent my weekend in tears, and it's not what you may think. I'm recording this on a Monday, and over the weekend, my podcast went live on iTunes and some other platforms, and the response was overwhelming. Wow. Like, I just feel so humble and so very, very grateful for everyone's response. It was just so wonderful to read the comments and the messages from family and friends. I can't even begin to express how appreciative I am for those loving encouragements. Really so beautiful. And I'm so very, very grateful. In fact, some of you left some loving reviews in iTunes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I wanted to share one with you today. This is entitled Wonderful Podcast from LA Loves to Walk. They wrote, what amazing insights and help for anyone grieving the loss of a child, or for that matter, the loss of anyone, but also a lot of great advice about self-care. Thank you, Julie, and I will certainly share. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. LA loves to walk for that beautiful review. That was, and I love that they said that it's great advice for anyone that's experienced loss because really that's what it is. I think it's so interesting when you lose a child, it's such a significant loss that it really makes you examine how we handle loss and how we become resilient. Friends, if you're in iTunes and you haven't left a review, it would be wonderful if you would. And I will share a couple with you occasionally. So that'll be great. Thank you so much. First, because I love hearing from you, but also it helps others who might need this content to find us. So once again, as I go through this particular episode, I want to remind you that you get to decide. You get to decide how you use this material. So let's get started. Let's talk about grief myths. I did some research and I found some really interesting things. There were a lot, there was a lot of information about there out there about grief myths. And here's just a few from what's your grief. Here's four, four myths that they listed. If you are still talking about your loved one after blank years, it means you're stuck. Or if you're still displaying photos of your loved one after blank years, it means you're stuck. Or if you haven't gotten rid of your loved one's belongings after so many years, it means you're stuck. Or if you still cry when you think or talk about your loved one after so many years, it means you're stuck. That is such a myth. Of course, we want to talk about our child. Of course, we want to display photos. Of course, we want to hang on to some of the belongings that meant something to them. And so therefore means something to to us. And also still, we want to feel that sadness, even if it's been 11 years, as it has been for me, or 30 years, we still want to feel that sadness from our loss. Here's a few suggested grief myths from psychology today. I love this first one. Because you feel like you are going crazy, you are. This is a myth because truly when we're going through grief, we do feel crazy, but that doesn't mean we are. The problem with grief is that 
It creates trouble with concentration and thinking. It can mess up our sleeping patterns and our eating patterns. And when this happens, we feel out of balance and it can make us feel like we're going crazy. Doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Here's another from Psychology Today. There are five stages of grief that follow a linear pattern. This is so interesting because I find that there's like actually two myths within this one myth. One is that the five stages are of grief that what they're referring to is those five stages that I mentioned last week from Dr. Kubler-Ross's book on death and dying. And she was identifying stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance that those who receive a terminal diagnosis go through as they're going through their process. So it was never intended to be the five stages of grief of, of the loss of a loved one. And the other thing that's interesting about this particular myth, again, it was there are five stages of grief that follow a linear pattern. The other part of this is the linear pattern. Those of us that have experienced grief know that it is not a linear pattern. It comes in waves, much like the waves of the ocean. One minute you can be feeling fine and all of a sudden you get this crash of this wave of grief and it is never a linear pattern that we experience. So the third one that they mentioned was women grieve more than men. Research has shown that this is not true. Dr. Kenneth Doka wrote a book called Grieving Beyond Gender. And in that book, he identified three patterns of grieving. And this is really interesting because you might find yourself comparing yourself to someone else while they're not expressing their grief as much or they're handling it this way and thinking either you're doing it wrong or they're doing it wrong, which is not true. The intuitive pattern is associated with women usually because it's more emotionally expressive and the instrumental pattern is characterized by thoughts and behaviors and that's more associated with men, but it doesn't necessarily mean that women grieve more than men. Um, Finally, the blended pattern reflects both of those. So you have the emotionally expressive as well as the instrumental um, pattern of thoughts and behaviors. I remember going to a book club a few years ago and the book that we were reading, and I don't recall the title, but the book we were reading, it the two main characters were a husband and wife who had lost a child and had no children. And they were really grieving. And the wife was really feeling isolated because they lived in the, in the country where there was very few people around. And she didn't feel like she had anybody that she could express. I imagine that she was very much that intuitive pattern where she was wanting to emotionally express her grief. And uh, she was feeling very isolated. And the husband was just getting to work. He was just, he was just taking it. This is the way it is and just kind of moving in that, in that way. And I remember in this book club, there was a discussion about how this husband and wife should come together and grieve together. And I sat quietly because I, during the discussion, because I, felt differently about it, but I had had this experience of this tremendous loss that my husband and I both experienced. And yet I also understood that grieving is so individual. And in this particular group that I was in, no one knew my story. 
And I really didn't want to take over the whole book club telling my story. That just didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. But I was interested in their perception that the husband and wife should be grieving together. And while I think that there are opportunities to grieve together, so often, for me at least, I found that I was just grieving differently than my husband. Not that we were, one was grieving more than the other. I just found that we were grieving differently. And so sometimes that can feel like we're grieving separately, but it doesn't necessarily have to feel that way. So the number four myth that psychology today identified was grief will not change your relationships. They went on to say that in fact, grief will change your relationships. And the reason it changes it is because not everyone can understand what you're going through. And some people that you think are going to be there for you, maybe your best friends, a family member that you really think are going to be there for you, they may not have the tools or the understanding to be there for you in the way that you think that they should. And a lot of times, those of us that grieve, a lot of times we separate ourselves from people as well. And so it's they they mention it's not unusual for people who are grieving to feel isolated and alone. A lot of times we feel like we're the only ones that know what we're going through, which in in practicality is really true, and yet there are there will be people that will come forward that you realize have had experiences where they can at least be compassionate. There was an, another article from CBS News that was really interesting, and this is what they said. Losing a loved one is, alas, something most of us will face at some point. But until recently, little research had been done on how we respond to loss. As a result, people fall prey to all sorts of misconceptions about grief, including some that make the grieving process harder. That was so interesting to me to read about how little research had been done on how we respond to loss. So interesting because there is not a person in this world that doesn't experience loss. Not everyone will experience the loss of a child, of course, but but everyone experiences loss to some degree or another. So their, their article was based on the work by Ruth Davis Konigsberg, K-O-N-I-G-S-B-E-R-G. And I'll add that to the show notes. She's the author of The Truth About Grief, The Myth of Its Five Stages, and The New Science of Loss. And here are some of the things that they mentioned. Again, they mentioned the, the myth that we grieve in stages. Another myth they mentioned was the second year's hardest. And they, they said that recent studies suggest it's really the first six months that's the hardest. I think as we go through month to month and year to year, there's different things that come up, but the studies do suggest that that first six months is the hardest. And number three, they said you have to get it out. This was interesting to me because so often we do think we have to get it out. And as mentioned about those different styles of grieving, the way of getting it out is a little bit different for everyone. And so not everyone has to be emotionally expressive. Number four, delayed reactions are common. This was super interesting to me because it says some therapists think so, but researchers are skeptical. And think about that in your own experience. Delayed reactions are common. This is a myth 
about grief. Number five, counseling helps. Seeing a therapist, this is what they wrote, seeing a therapist or other counselor certainly helps some people cope with grief, but not all. In general, counseling seems to work best for people whose grief has already lasted a long time, but not those whose grief is more typical. This is recognizing, again, the fact that grief is normal. It's a normal part of our our process. It's a normal part of our life. And counseling, a lot of times, looks at the diagnosis and a disorder. And so counseling is not always the best approach for everyone. All right. So number six, women grieve harder. Here it is again. They said there's little evidence that women experience grief more intensely than men. Overall, men and women are more similar in the way they experience grief than they are different. Really interesting. Number seven, grief is a journey. This is what they said about that. A recent study that tracked the daily emotions of the bereaved found so many ups and downs that the idea of a journey seems misguided. At this point, the best one can say about grief is that it comes and goes and then eventually simply goes away. So interesting. So we we just talked about that. It's like the waves of the ocean. And and sometimes those waves are hard and sometimes they're and they eventually, you know, the the waves may day, die down. So but I still I still like to refer to it as a journey. I still do think that there is a journey involved. It's a it's a it feels like a journey. It feels like you're on the hardest trek of your life, if you will. These next few myth griefs, I I find especially helpful. These are from the Grief Recovery Method Handbook, and these are some of the things that some that we sometimes learn through our own experiences that aren't really helpful. For example, number one don't feel bad. This is something that we sometimes learn as a child. I mean, how many times have you said to a child or how how many times do you remember being told as a child, don't cry, don't feel bad, it's okay. And we kind of dismiss the grief of a child. Let's say they've lost a pet and we say, don't cry, you know, we'll get a new dog. And this leads us to our second one, which is that we can replace the loss. These types of don't feel bad and replace the loss is not helpful. Another myth is that we should grieve alone. And this quote really captures that thought in laugh and the whole world laughs with you, cry and you cry alone. So interesting, isn't it? And then the fourth one is time heals all wounds. And the meaning of this is just give it some time. And it's not always just time that helps us heal. It's taking certain actions and really recognizing that grief is a an emotional experience. And sometimes we want to intellectualize it, but it really is an emotional experience. And as we take actions and we explore those emotions, we can start to feel better. Number five, we have to be strong for others. Now that's not helpful when you are in the midst of your experience and the midst of your grief, you really need to be in your grief and not 
try to push through in order to be strong for others. And another one that's pretty common is the idea of keeping busy. We have to keep busy. If we can keep ourselves distracted, then we can get through this. And that's another one that's not helpful. I'm interested to learn what myths you think there are about grief. Which of these makes sense to you? Which of them do you say, you know, because everybody's experience is so different. And yet there are similarities and there are I, I found it particularly fascinating that in the at CBS article that was based on the Truth About Grief book, that they said that overall men and women are more similar in the way they experience grief than they are different. And sometimes I think we really focus on those differences and don't recognize that everyone is, is just hurting. Thanks for joining me today. Visit me at Build a Life After Loss. I would love to get your thoughts on this. And if you go to the website, you can actually uh, make comments on the podcast itself. Also, just a little reminder to write a review if you're in iTunes. That's really helpful for us. And I want you to have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you.